Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. And we are uh, spending some time this end of this summer and into the fall here talking about the kingdom of God and really some aspects of it as we join into what God is doing in our hearts and lives as a church family. Uh, We just got done with a series on prayer. We were talking about what kingdom prayer looked like, and that's kind of launching us into the conversation that we're having right now about kingdom mission. And so we're going to kind of jump into that today, talking about um, the things that God has in plan and in store for His kingdom that we are invited to be a part of. And we're taking a deeper look at that and kind of asking the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see and, and, and help us to understand how important it is the way that we lived. And last week we talked about the micro components of mission. We talked about our own personal lives. We talked about the realities of how we parent and, and how we are students and how we are employees and just all the spaces and environments that we are in in life and how important those are to the building of the kingdom of God. And oftentimes how easy it is for us to marginalize those things just because we're doing everyday life. Does anybody find themselves in that place oftentimes where you just don't think about the little things of life as being all that important? And really, according to Scripture in the kingdom of God, uh, those things are critically important to the advancement of the kingdom and the gospel. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today, but we're going to talk about it from now a little bit more of a macro view. And I've really been excited about getting to preach this message um, because it talks about some spaces that I think are really important for the church and the body of Christ and something that I just love. So we're going to talk a little bit about the macro components of what mission looks like. Um, And then Pastor Jason next week is going to carry us deeper into kind of the fundamentals of what that looks like here at River Valley. Um, And first of all, I just want to apologize. I don't talk about mission and vision enough. As a pastor and a leader, um, I don't don't communicate mission and vision enough. Um, But I want you to know we're going to continue to dig deeper into these spaces because knowing our purpose and why we're here is really, really important to both us collectively as a church family, but also to you as an individual and you're living in the purpose of God. And so we're going to talk more and more just about kingdom and mission and purpose um, in all of those things. How many of you know that in mission, there's preparation that takes place for that? Prior to being full-time in the ministry and as a pastor, I worked um, as a paramedic, a flight paramedic, and worked as a tactical paramedic here in our community. And every time we went out on a flight to go, to go get a patient, we always called them a mission. We were being deployed on a mission. And every time we had moments of planning and preparation for what that mission was going to look like. We took a look at the weather with the pilot, made sure that we knew where we were going, had an understanding of what we were getting involved in as we were going out to, to get a patient um, out of a bad situation. And, and, and it's really no different for our lives as we look at the things that God has called us to, this family that we've been adopted into, this kingdom that we are a part of. There's a mission that God has for it. How many of you know it takes some preparation to live in that mission? You can blindly try and go after it, but, but in the same way as we load up in a helicopter and, and would fly out to a patient, if we didn't know where we were going, that would be a problem. We would probably not be much help to that patient if we had no clue where they were. 
We wouldn't be any help to that patient if we got lost in a storm or the weather was so bad that we couldn't get to them. And so it's really important to think about in our lives as Christians, Jesus put us on mission. He set us into a mission. And and as we are engaging in that missional process, we need to understand that there's preparation that takes place to go accomplish the things that he's called us to. And that's really the work of the Holy Spirit that takes place in our lives. That's why we gather together. That's why we are part of a local church because we're on mission together. That's why there's a personal calling of God in your life because there's things that God specifically has for you to do and there's things that God has for us corporately to do. But if we don't prepare well for that, if there's not some planning and some thought that goes into that, how many of you know we're not going to be very successful in that mission? And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like for us corporately as a church family, what it looks like to live on mission in the spaces of life that God has called us to. And Jesus actually gave us very clear instruction on what the mission of the kingdom was and is for us today. And he actually gave us a very clear picture on what that was to look like as it went out. And so I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 is the birthplace of the church. This is the space where Jesus was just getting ready to ascend to the Father. And he he gives this very clear declaration to the church about mission. I want to read it together today, and it's going to set the foundation for our conversation as we explore this macro component of mission in the church. And here's what it says. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power. This is Jesus commissioning the church to go out and to live on mission. And he said, listen, you're going to need something. You're going to need some power. In order to go accomplish what I've called you to do and what this kingdom is all about, you're going to need power. And this is how you're going to get that power. You're going to receive this power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, I know in the church world, we don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit a lot because for some of us, it makes us really uncomfortable because we feel like the Holy Spirit's weird and going to make us do weird things. And for others of us, we put way too much emphasis on the Holy Spirit, never putting a responsibility on our responsibility to act. Okay, so we have these two polarizing spectrums of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is neither? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that empowers you to be who He says that you are. We desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, or you will never be what Jesus goes on to say that we are called to be. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be, listen, my witnesses. The power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life is not so that you can go do these great feats of faith. Not so that you could heal the sick, raise the dead. All of those things are wonderful. They are a part of the kingdom of God. And there are signs and wonders that follow those that believe. Scripture gives us that very clearly. But the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit's work in your life is for you to go live on kingdom purpose and be a witness to the world that we live in. In fact, that word witness right there in some translations says messenger or ambassador. How many of you remember that from last week's message? We talked about the fact that we've been commissioned by Jesus to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Messengers, witness. I love the word witness because witness means that you had to have seen something to have a witness about it. Think about that in your life. If you're a witness to a car accident, you're witness because you saw the car accident actually take place right? 
Nobody calls me at my house in the middle of the week and said, hey, there was a car accident over on Eagle and Fairview, and I know you were at home at your house sleeping at the time, but could you be a witness as to what took place? That's insane. No, nobody would do that. Why? Because I didn't witness it happen. In your faith journey, there are things that God has done in your life that makes you witness to the kingdom. I don't know what he saved you from, but I know what he saved me from. I don't know what he's forgiven you for, but I know what he's forgiven me for. I am a witness of God's goodness because of what he's done in my life. I'm also a witness of what I've seen him do in other people. I've seen him save addicts. I've seen him heal the sick. I've seen him restore sight. I've seen him restore healing. Those are the things I've seen God do. So now I am a witness of that to the world that I live in. And what empowers me to do that is the Holy Spirit's work in my life. So I want you to think about that this morning as you're contemplating, well, you know, that's, that's really the work of missionaries and, and those people. No, no, no. If you've experienced Jesus's goodness in your life, you are called to be a witness that bears witness of the kingdom of God everywhere you go. And the way that you do that is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life to even be successful at the mission that Jesus has put you on. So as we talk about this space this morning, it's encompassed around this reality that Jesus set you and I on missions as followers of him to go be witnesses of all the things that he's done in our life. And we have a Bible full of the things that he's done. But you and I also have a testimony of our life of the things that he's done. And we were commissioned by him to go be witnesses. And he said, listen, I don't even want you to try and do this in your own strength. Jesus was really clear. He, he was looking at the early church and said, let me be clear. You can't do this in your own strength. I'm going to give you a gift that will empower you to live out this missional life. And it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit in you. And so as you think about the mission that God has called you, as you think about the places, the school campuses, all of those things, we are called to be witnesses in those environments and we get opportunities to do that because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And then Jesus goes on here to give some very clear instructions on to what that was supposed to look like. He gives us, yeah, in, in, in verse 8, it goes on to say, telling people about me everywhere. Everybody say the word everywhere. 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 So I just want to be clear. Everywhere means everywhere. Like the grocery store, school, on vacation, wh wherever you at, you're at, Jesus said, hey, I want you to tell people about me. I want you to tell people about what I've done in your life. I want you to tell people about the way that I've, I've rescued you. I want you to tell people when you're struggling and your faith is growing. I want you to tell people, tell people about me. This was Jesus' instruction to followers of Christ. That everywhere you go, you get an opportunity to tell. Well, yeah, but there's some environments, Tim, that that's just hard in. It's kind of uncomfortable. You know, I, I, I don't want my boss to think that I'm weird. I don't want to get fired in my job. I don't want the other kids at school to think I'm weird. Can, can I just remind you that when Jesus gave us instruction, he gave us instruction full well knowing that it was going to be challenging. Thus the reason you need the Holy Spirit. Because it's challenging to our flesh, but when we live our life in the Spirit, it all of a sudden opens some doors to us that maybe we didn't have the courage to go into before. 
So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, everywhere you go, everything that you do, there's an opportunity for you to be a witness of who I am in all of these environments of life. And then Jesus goes on to make sure that we understood what he was saying, and he gives some clarity to this. He says, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So in other words, Jesus went from being etherical, hey, everywhere, I just want you to go tell people about everywhere, and then he goes, so for those of you that are listening to me right now, that means the city that you're in, the surrounding area that's around that, the state or province that you're in, and then to the farthest parts of the earth. So what Jesus wanted to do is make sure that we understood very clearly it was every part of our life. You guys with me this morning? I mean, he, he had to spell it out geographically for them to get it. And so I'm going to help us with that this morning because I think geographically we get challenged in this space. We're like, well, I've never been to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, don't know anything about those places. The other parts of the earth, okay, yeah, I, I can kind of equate that to my life. No, listen, Jesus was saying the same thing to us today. He just didn't say Boise, Ada County, Idaho, and the other. He didn't say those things to us, but that is what is implied through Jesus talking about geography right here. He's saying, listen, followers of Jesus, which I'm speaking to you today, when you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are called to be a witness to all these places that are around you, everywhere in your life. And so today I want to break that down for us a little bit. I want you to look at the, these images because it's going to help us to relate to that in our lives. Because it's easy for us to just say, well, yeah, that's, those, are, those are cool things that Jesus was saying about some other place. No, Jesus is actually cares about Boise, Idaho. He cares so much about the people of Boise that he saved you and put you here. Think about that. He cares so much about the state of Idaho and the areas that surround us that he's put local churches in all of these communities so that we could be salt and light and bring a witness of the gospel into those spaces. So I want you to look at these pictures. Cassie, can you throw those up there? So this is kind of the Boise area. This would be our Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus was speaking to the disciples and they just happened to be in Jerusalem. And so Jesus was saying, hey, I want, you to, I want you to wrap your minds around this church that you have mission right here in this local area. And I just want to speak to the heart of this church right here that is planted in Boise, Idaho, and we have surrounding cities around us that our Jerusalem that Jesus instructed us to begin with is right here. It's called Boise. You may live in Meridian, Star, wherever you're at, that is your Jerusalem. And Jesus is saying, be my witness there. And then he goes on to say, further outreaching for us here. Next one, Cass. To Judea. Judea is, is kind of like a, a geographic area that we would be like the Treasure Valley. I wouldn't even say Ada County because that would restrict it a little bit too much. But but this is the, the other thought that we need to have in our mind. Jesus called us yes to the Boise or local area that's right around you. But then he said, hey, stretch that out a little bit. Think bigger. Think beyond just what's going on here in Boise or right around your house. And I want you to think a little bit bigger than that. So Jesus said, I want you to think about this just Judea place. And for us, this would be the Treasure Valley. Think about from Ontario to Mountain Home, right? From the foothills south to Cuna. That is the Treasure Valley. That is a region that most of us spend time in in our lives. 
whether it's traveling to kids' games or it's family relatives that live in these areas or places that we just commute to and, and spend time around, Judea to us would be the Treasure Valley. And then he, he takes it one step further. How rude of Jesus. Like, how dare he? And he goes into this Samaria. And this would be more like a kind of a state-sized region for us. And so I want you to think about this for you in your life. The state of Idaho. It's a place we are residents of the state of Idaho. This is part of our mission field, part of the places that God has called us to. And then Jesus puts a capstone on this, and he just wants to make sure that we understand that when he says everywhere, we understand everywhere. And then he said the uttermost parts of the world. And this is, this is our mission. Now, it's easy for us to get really overwhelmed in the moment when Jesus says, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Like, it sounds romantic and awesome, but most of us are like, where do we even begin? Can I remind you, he showed us where to begin. Jerusalem. And for us, that is the Boise area. So as you think about your life and you think about a local church being on mission, we need to strategically be preparing for all of these spaces that Jesus has talked to us here. This goes back to living life on mission, right? We need to be strategically thinking about that. And as a church, we have a plan for these spaces. Not because we're smart, but because Jesus told us to. We're simply following the instruction that Jesus put. So I want to I peel back the curtain a little bit this morning and help you to see what our current impact is as a church. And some of you may, this might be the first time you've ever heard about some of these spaces that we are engaged in as a local church. But I want you to see how we plan and prepare as a local church for being focused on what Jesus called us to be and do. I just want to clarify that this morning. Jesus called you to be a child of God. He called you to be a part of the family of God. And because of that being, there is doing that takes place out of our lives in those space. Right? I am, I am part of a family. I'm thankful to be a part of that family. Part of the role that I play in that family is helping provide income. Every once in a while, mowing the lawn. and All of the things that we do collectively together as a family for our family to thrive and be a family. Well, you're invited to be a part of the family of God. Being a part of that is wonderful. Everybody loves being a part of the family of God, right? Our Father is God. Doesn't get any better than that, right? We have an incredible inheritance in Him, and there is responsibility of being a part of that family. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like. And for us as a church, our mission statement is very simple. It's this, as a church family, and Jason and I are going to unpack this over the next five weeks together, as a church family, our mission is to help every person know God, live free, discover their purpose, and make a difference. And we're going to unpack those with some sentences and things. And most of you that have been here for a while know that terminology. If you've ever walked through our building or even gone to the bathroom once here, it's around the facility. What does that look like for us? Well, we're going we're to talk a little bit about that more over these next few weeks. But today I want to I want to bring us into this reality of what Jesus is saying when it comes to the outreach component. Because here's the reality here at River Valley. 100% of what we do as a church has to originate in this space of mission for us. In fact, as an eldership, when we sit down and we talk budget and planning and strategy and all of those things, 
we always put it through the filter of the vision and mission that God's called us to as a local church. We always want to make sure that it lines up with Scripture and what Jesus has called us into. So the strategic plan that River Valley has, and this is going to kind of help you to see a little bit about who we are as a church and how we function in this space. The strategic plan that we have is that as a church, 10% of the giving that takes place annually throughout a year for us, 10% of that income goes into outreach and to missions. So we as a church, you as a part of this family, tithe into missions and into outreach through your giving into this local church. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like. But for us, we have broken that down into the three areas that Jesus already told us to. So local, domestic. So local would be our local area right here, what we're doing in the Boise area and in, treasure, in the Treasure Valley. Domestic would be things that we're doing in the state of Idaho or throughout the United States that we're giving into and being a part of. And then international is the world part of things. How, how are we investing resource and funds for this witness of the gospel to go out into the world that we're in? So I want to unpack that for you a little bit this morning so you get to see a little bit of what that looks like. So some things that we're doing here in the Boise area, the local component component of this, the Judea space. Uh, we as a, a church have been giving into for some time a number of organizations that serve in our local area here. The first one I want to bring to your attention is Love, Inc. Love, Inc. is an incredible organization that helps to empower the local church in really benevolence ministry. In other words, helping people who find themselves in difficult situations in their life, whether, whether they're working through financial difficulty or things like that. And Love, Inc. does an extraordinary job of partnering with local churches in helping people, and I list, this is their terminology, get a hand up, not a handout. That helps people to get on their feet and to get some good things set foundationally for them as they're building for their future in life. This Over this past year in 2020, 947 families were served. Think about that. Just think of the impact of 947 families learning how to live life on a budget, learning how to be responsible with the resources that they have, learning how to shop, learning how to take care of their kids. All of those spaces are things that Love, Inc. comes into. Um, through 6,600 volunteer, 6, yeah, 600 volunteer hours and $94,000 given into our community to make an impact. This is some of the spaces that as a church, from our giving and outreach component, these are things that we're involved in. And it's not just financial resource. There's also volunteer hours from people from River Valley. And, and just so you know, places if you want to get involved in and helping families grow in this space of how to steward their life well. How many of you think that's an important part of the kingdom of God? How many of you know that Jesus actually did those things with people and the early church did the exact same thing? They would come alongside people and help them in the journey of life because life can be hard sometimes. And so we get to be a part of that through Love, Inc. and the incredible work that they do here in the Treasure Valley. That's something very local and, and families that are probably around you in your neighborhood that have been impacted by the ministry of Love, Inc. Another space that we, we invest in as a church is Stanton Health. Stanton Health is an organization here in the Treasure Valley that actually works um, nationally as well that helps to partner with ladies who are, are, are going through the process of trying to know what to do when they have an unplanned pregnancy in their life. And we just believe that every life is precious. Amen, church? Amen. 
And so coming alongside organizations that can come with these women through the process of making the decision uh, of what to do and how to best steward the life of that child and the woman themselves, Stanton Health does an incredible job. You can see uh, 230 babies born in 2020 that would not have been born without the assistance of Stanton Health coming alongside ladies and helping them see the importance of it. So far this year, 124 have been born. Can I just say that's something we should be clapping and celebrating right now? Come on. In a world that so devalues life, we as a church want to be a part of organizations that celebrate and value the sanctity and the beauty that God has created in this. And so we give into those spaces. Stanton Health, Love, Inc., these are places locally that we are involved in. And for those of you who didn't know, Stanton Health has actually originated in headquarters here in Boise, but has uh, reach all the way into Washington, D.C. And the impact of working with legislation and all types of things around this place. And we get to be a part of that. Some of you should be smiling. You have invested in that. And some of you didn't even know that. I just want you to know, we're pretty good investors of your finances in the kingdom of God. And I'm not saying that pridefully. I'm saying that because I want you to have confidence in the eldership, in the pastoral team, and the leaders that are around here that are saying, hey, we want to give into worthwhile things to see the kingdom of God, the witness of the kingdom, go forward. We see the witness of the kingdom of God through Love, Inc., the benevolence that takes place there. And we see the witness of the kingdom of God through Stanton Health and the things that they're doing to preserve life to walk with women through really difficult circumstances in them. So as a church, I'm so grateful that we get to give into those spaces and see God making an impact, the witness of the gospel going out into some of the local things. There's other things that we do throughout the year as a church that may come up in our community that we come and we give resource or time to that we can be a part of, of making a difference. We're going to talk more about some of these outreach opportunities that we're going to continue to do in the future as a church family. How many of you know that every time that you serve a neighbor and every time that you, you partner together with somebody and helping a family move and things like that, those are outreach opportunities that we're having in our community. Some of you don't know this, but there's a, there's a brick, uh, kind of a concrete brick wall that goes right down onto the green belt right here uh, just at the edge of, of our street that we're a part of here on Garden. Um, and we were a part of deploying some students this summer, and, and we've, been, we've worked on it for years and years and years and years of trying to keep that cleaned up because it's part of the Greenbelt. And it's actually part of the responsibility of the um, neighborhood association, they call it the Central Rim Association, that we actually are a part of as a local church. And this past year, we got to help again clean that up, and now they are starting to paint a mural that's on it down there. So if, you, if you're driving on the freeway, Take a look up to your right. They're painting, painting beautiful flowers. Just It looks awesome. But as a church, we got to be a part of that. And I've been getting emails from our Central Rim Neighborhood Association constantly of the pictures and update of that. And we'll, we'll send those out on um, as they finish this project up for everybody to be able to see. But as a church, we've been a part of that journey with them. They are so grateful for River Valley. And we, we partner with Discovery Church in the things that are taking place in our neighborhood. So there's some things that we're doing right here in the local areas of our community that are important, um, that are making a difference in the lives of the people. But that's not where Jesus asked us to start. Uh, stop. It's where we start, but that's not where we finish. 
So as a church family, we're also involved in some things that are going on domestically. So we're, now we're talking a little bit broader span here. Things that are going on in the region that we're a part of or here in the United States. And here's some of the things that we're a part of when it comes to the domestic component of, of our outreach. Cassie, can you put the thing up for uh, ARC? Do we have that? There we go. So we are a part of a church planting organization that works throughout the United States in planting local churches in cities all over the United States. Here's, here's what I can tell you for sure. The hope of a community is not the fact that, that we go out and serve food to people. That's a wonderful thing to do, but that is not a sustainable thing to do. The hope of a community is when a local church is planted there and the kingdom of God and the people of God begin to live out on mission what God has called us to do. And the local church is the best expression of that anywhere. I don't care if you travel internationally or you're here locally. The local church is what brings hope and life and encouragement and restoration, family and community, all of that. And we as a church see that as a critical part of our outreach ministry. And so on a, on a, on a domestic space, we have partnered with ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches, in church planting throughout the United States. So here's what's happened just over the last year. 31 new churches have been planted. So far, 17 in the States and other countries. These churches have resulted in 201 salvations just so far this year. Just from people coming to the initial launches of the church, 201 people out of, out of these church plants have given their heart to Jesus and now are making heaven their home. Yeah, it's okay to clap about that. On top of that, this year, 40 churches are going to be planted in this fall that we are a part of as a small church here in Boise, Idaho, that we are sowing seed in to see church plants happen all over the United States. And just to give you an idea, that will be a total of 1,000 churches that have been planted. I think it's over the last 10 years or 15. Is it 15? Is it 20? Okay. Through ARC. Oh, that's right. They started in 2000. So 20 years, a thousand churches, life-giving churches have been planted all over the United States. Church, you're investing in that. You're investing in helping a local church get planted. And here's what we know. This is not just some random space that we're investing money in. We know the process of what ARC does in helping church planters be successful. To help you get some perspective on that, most church plants in the United States, they, some, they say when churches are planted in the United States, somewhere between 40 to 60% of those fail within the first year. ARC's church plants, 93% of them are still up and going right now. That's a huge investment. Like when you, when you just think about the realities of, of the impact that that's having in the cities that are around, no other church planting organization comes even close. And so what ARC does and what we get to be a part of as a local church is planting life-giving churches in cities all over the United States. People, can I just help you with this? That you'll never meet until we get to heaven. Families that are impacted, communities that are being impacted because of what we've sown into as a church family into the realities of what God is doing in local churches all over the United States. We get to be a part of that. It's huge. Um, we also give in to di uh, disaster relief stuff. So when you look at the spectrum of the 10% that we put into uh, what we do from outreach and missions, about 3%, we want going into local stuff. 
3% goes into domestic. And right now we're probably more at the 1% to 2% in the domestic side of things. And then about 3% into the international. We actually have a little bit more going into our international right now. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But so what we're sowing into that as a church, what we're investing in from a tithing and giving standpoint, uh, we saved some of those funds out to help with disaster relief. How many of you know we had a hurricane hit our, hit our nation? We have partner churches in Louisiana that, that we're looking to find out the best ways that we can invest some of our resources to help people in those places. So we've set aside funds for disaster relief. If something were to happen here in the Treasure Valley, a flood, a fire, something like that, we want to be able to, as a church family, invest some resources into helping in those moments. How many think that's a great idea? And so we get to be a part of that as a church. We get to be a part of the, the disasters. You may not be able to physically go. Not many of us can, but we can send resources to help those that are there and get to be a part of the things that are taking place in that. Some pretty cool opportunities for us. If you just stop and think about the reach and, and the reality of what Jesus said, right? Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of, we're, we're getting to function in some of that as a local church here because of, and I want to go back to what we talked about, preparation. Thinking about and looking at what Jesus said and then looking for great outlets to connect in those spaces. Then I want to talk a little bit internationally. This is the part when most people think about missions, this is what most people think about. Faraway countries, Africa, whatever. And can I just tell you, that's wonderful. Like we should be thinking globally. Jesus instructed us to, right? And so as a church family, we have a, a heart for these, these places. And so I want to talk just real quickly about the spaces that we're investing when it comes to these parts of things. Uh, first and foremost, we're a part of what is called the Global Network through Mana House. It's a partnership that we have with Pastor Mark Estes and a wonderful church. It's actually the church that Jason grew up in. Um, and his family still serves and is a part of there over in Portland, Oregon. Phenomenal people that have vision globally for what God is doing. We're a part of what is called the Global Network that allows us. Cass, can you put those up? Um, the Global Network, maybe. There it is, right there. And to give you some perspective on this, how many of you guys know somebody in Afghanistan? One person. Anybody else? Okay. So the reality for us as a local church, there's not a lot that we can do to impact the, the, the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan from just a personal level. I've traveled the world. I've got to spend time with a lot of people. I don't know anybody in Afghanistan. So I, we don't have any personal connections there. But because we are a part of a network of churches together, we have been a part of giving into, and you don't know this yet, but we've been a part of giving into a work that's been going on in Afghanistan now for almost three weeks since, since this whole catastrophe blew up there. There's been a group through Mana House that has been working on, on feeding routes. So people are obviously exiting Afghanistan at a massive rate, and many of them are going into Pakistan. And there's three main routes that they're doing that through, and they're walking. There's not a lot of trans. So families, whole families are packing up and walking out of Afghanistan, trying to get into safe spaces for them. And we as a church have been a part of a global work that's been going on through Mana House Global that has been providing food and resources for families as they're exiting Afghanistan and going into Pakistan. Isn't that incredible? Like, think about this. Like, the, the dollars, whatever you're giving into tithing and resources, those have stretched into reaching people in Afghanistan that you will never physically probably touch in your life. 
Here's, here's a story that Pastor Mark passed on to the Global Network. We had a, a conference call last week, and they were just sharing a few of the, the things that are going on there. And, and this is, these are actual pictures of, of the ministry that's taking place there, these boxes that they're giving away. Uh, they had a 10-year-old boy walk into one of these feeding centers by himself. 10-year-old boy. He had walked, been walking for the last two and a half weeks to get out of of Afghanistan because his entire family was was murdered in Afghanistan. So a 10-year-old little boy, think about this. Whoever's around your life that has a 10-year-old, think about it. This little boy traveled for almost two weeks to get out of Afghanistan into Pakistan, and he came to one of these care points, and they were able to help him. I don't know about you, but that's just not something that I, I'm very good at wrapping my brain around. So, so many things stir inside of me in that moment, but here's what I'm really glad is that there was a Christian on the end, at the end of his journey that was able to, to speak into that little boy's life, draw him in, and now they're, they're, they're helping him find family and community. They're giving him resource for his life. Church, we got to be a part of that and we didn't even know it. Can I tell you that the God that we serve knows how to get resource to the right places and the right moments? And what we get to do is find great places to invest and be a part of so that those lives can be impacted. So all of these people are exiting Afghanistan, coming to these these points, and they're getting to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, not just because somebody's preaching at them, standing up on a box, but because they're handing them food and telling them about the love of God for them. They're bringing them into a safe environment where they're not being chased down and afraid for their lives. Come on, church, that is the gospel being spread, and we get to be a part of that. Those are some of the things that we've, we've gotten to do in just being a part of what's going on with Manhouse Global. If you want to give into those spaces, there is a QR code up there. If you want to continue to invest in that, because that's something that, that just strikes something in your heart, I just want to encourage you. It doesn't matter. Listen, people get wrapped up in all the time. Well, all I've got is $5. Then send $5. It's making a difference in somebody's life. When we think about the opportunities that we have to give locally, and internationally as a church, we've got some really unique opportunities because of relationships that God has connected us with. So we're a part of Manhouse Network because of not only what we get an opportunity to do internationally in reach that, that we just don't have as a local church by ourselves, but also because of what they're doing locally. They're also part of planting churches in the I-5 corridor and over here into Idaho, life-giving churches that are making a difference in communities that many of us travel through pretty frequently. And we are a part of that. Planted, I think, three or four churches this last year in the Oregon and Washington side of the world. Um, and they're going to continue to do that. And we get to be a part of those church plants because of, because of our giving. Those are part of the things that we're giving into internationally. And so I, I just want to, to, again, remind you that oftentimes we get wrapped up in our day-to-day life and we are just, we're, we're not sure what to do with all this the stuff that we're seeing globally, can I tell you as a local church, we're involved be just simply because we're a part of a local church family. Your reach is a lot further than you can even imagine in your life as we give and as we're a part of seeing what God's doing throughout this. Uh, we got some other spaces that we get to be a part of globally as a church because of relationships that we form. Uh, We have a church that we have been a part of help founding and establishing in India. And the Shimre family is a family that many of you have probably seen at some point in time because we've talked about them. But we've actually been working with this family. They they planted a church in in southern India um, and have been doing an incredible work. It's Faime and his wife, Chris. Just incredible people that are pouring their lives out 
for the people of India. How many of you know that India has been a little bit stressful for the last few months? This poor family has been pouring out their life to help serve the people of India and get the gospel to them. And they've been doing this for a number of years now. And we as a church have been walking with them and supporting them and praying for them and encouraging them and everything that we can do to celebrate what God's doing in their lives. They just actually had to move homes this last week. And so they've got now kind of a new ministry center that they're working out of. But God's doing extraordinary things through their their lives. They do trips up into the village areas uh, around India and are taking the message of the gospel into these communities. And church, we get to be a part of that incredible. We've got other spaces that, that we are continuing to build relationships with, uh, relationships that we have in the Philippines. Jason and I got to travel there two years ago, um, and this is really, to, to be honest with you, this is our church family in the Philippines. These are, these are people that we are walking with and investing in that are going out to remote villages and establishing feeding programs for the kids, and at the same time, sharing the gospel, the good news with them. So churches are being planted by outreach to kids because they're, they're giving away food and helping families in those situations. And then out of that outreach space, they're starting small local churches there where the kids come to hear the message of the gospel. Then the parents come to get the message of the gospel. And then a church is founded in these villages. It's a phenomenal work. Uh, Jason and I got to see it firsthand to just see the ministry of what God's doing there. And we're a part of that as a church family. And we're actually digging in deep in that space. We are helping to invest in local church plants that are happening there. We've supposed to have been able to send a team for the last two years. In fact, we've got seven people who are dying to go to the Philippines because we know that God's called us to go and encourage and support and help. And we're just waiting for opportunity. We've had this little thing called a global pandemic that's been happening It has not allowed us to get into the Philippines with our missions teams, but it's going to happen. Sooner or later, it's going to open up, and we're going to continue to send teams. We want to send medical teams and just continue to support the work that's going on there. There's an incredible uh, lady that we get to work with there, and she has planted through just her networking um, churches all over the region that she's in. And so we get an opportunity to be a part of that church like some of you are half falling asleep this morning. Can I tell you that this should be something that gets something inside of you going, wait a minute, this is a little church out of Boise, Idaho, and we're a part of that? The answer is yes, we are. Because the kingdom of God is way bigger than just your world and just my world. It's way bigger than just Boise. And I'm thankful for what we get to do here. But God gives us impact and opportunity all over the world. And so we get opportunity to be a part of that, and we're going to continue to do that with what we get to do in the Philippines um, and in other places. Uh, For those of you that also uh, just want a little bit bigger picture, we also give into Jewish outreach. I don't know if you've ever read this scripture in the Bible, but the Bible uh, gives us very clear instructions that this message of the gospel goes first to the Jew, then to the Greek, right? Then to the Gentile population. And oftentimes, because we've grown up, we're all Gentiles, I think most of us in here, um, we're all ones that have been recipients of the gospel coming to us. But how many of you know it first started with the work that God did in the hearts of Jewish people? And there's been a real there's been a real struggle to continue to, to bring the message of the gospel to the Jewish community. We believe as an eldership and as a church, we need to be a part of carrying the gospel to the Jewish community. So we actually give funds into first to the Jew, then to the Greek. We actually give funds into missional outreach that take place in the nation of Israel to reach out to Jewish people who have yet to know the Messiah. And so we as a church are giving into spaces 
that gets the gospel out to the Jewish community in both Jerusalem and, and kind of that area around there. So we literally are carrying the gospel to Jerusalem. Okay, just making sure everybody's away. Like literally, we get to be a part of carrying the message of the Messiah, the gospel to the Jewish people of whom we, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't even have experienced the gospel yet. So think about that. Like we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of what God's doing in that space. And so church, all these spaces that we're talking about, we have other opportunities that God's opened up to us and and some really cool things. And there's unknown opportunities that we just don't know about yet that God has on the slate for us. So these are the things that we are currently doing together as a church. I want you to just think about this. And I, I know there, we're missing a lot of people today that are you know, out doing family stuff, and that's wonderful. But I want you to think about the local church that you are a part of and the vision that God has put in here, not only for just our local community, which is really, really important, but also the opportunity that you have in your giving to be a part of what God's doing on a global scale. And those, those opportunities come to us because we have a, a, a heart response that just says yes to God. I want to give you a picture of a couple things that are to come. Okay, so he, here's, here's kind of some of the, the fun spaces that we get to dream in. We get to begin to pray into and, and begin to explore. One of them here is, is something that has been actually a part of our, our church family community for some time now. Clear back in the early 1992, 3, 4 time frame, we as a church adopted an unreached people group called the Sonique people. They're a people group that um, is a pretty extraordinary group of people that centralizes around kind of the Ivory Coast space um, and Mali um, in Africa. Here's some demographics on it. There's a population of about 2.8 million people. Um, highly influenced by Islam, like something like 90-some percent of of this people group have been influenced by Islam. Um, Percent Christian, I want you to look at that. That is a zero on the front end of that. 0.31% of the Sonique people have ever even experienced anything from a Christian standpoint. In other words, heard the name of Jesus or the gospel. Um, and anything from the evangelical side of things, so the, the, the message of the gospel is 0.03. So I, I, I need you to, to just go with me here for a second. We are talking about less than 1% of an entire people group who've ever even heard the name of Jesus. Contemplate that for a second. Like, this is 2.8 million people, a people that that I am convinced of when we look at the book of Revelations and the Bible says that every tribe and tongue will stand before him and bring him worship. The Sneaky people are a part of that. When Jesus had it in his mind, he was thinking of these people. And church, they, they need the message of the gospel. And clear back in 1990, whatever, we as a church said, hey, we, we want to figure out how to help them get the gospel. I, I'm just going to tell you right now, we have not done that yet. About six years ago, we planted five churches, or we commissioned five pastors out of Africa to take the message of the gospel into this people group right here. Two of them we know for sure were martyred. They're in heaven. Two of them we aren't totally for sure on where they're at or what they're doing because there's no communication with them inside of these countries. And one of them we know had to flee for his life. So I want you to think about this. So as a church, we we tried to help plant three churches into this people group and 
Two of those works, we know for a fact, never got off the ground because of the persecution that goes on in this spectrum of space. So here's what I want to help bring some perspective to you. You and I will probably never be able to go to the Seneca people because of where they're located and because of the hold of Islam there. But here's what we can do. We can be a part of getting the message of the gospel to them. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that because I have a lack of faith. I'm just saying that there's just a reality that we may never get to set foot into one of those villages to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ there. But we can equip and train and prepare some people who can go do that. And so that's, that's part of what God's doing and stirring in us as an as a eldership and a church family is the reality is there's a people group that we adopted that we have yet to get them the gospel of Jesus Christ in, in a meaningful, impacting way that we know of. And so as a church and as a eldership, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you as a lead pastor to begin to pray into this people and we're going to ask God to open some doors. And here's some really cool things. Here's why we're talking about this today. Because God's already begun to open doors. Pastor Larry Cockrum is one of our apostolic leaders. And just randomly last year, he got invited into the Ivory Coast by a pastor there to come and minister into um, kind of their, their church community that they had there. So he went into the largest city, Abidjan, there and met some pastors and some leaders while he was there God brought him across and in relationship with the pastor of the largest church in the Ivory Coast. So we're talking hundreds of thousands of people that are a part of this church. And through that relationship, Pastor Larry began to ask him questions about their outreach and all these types of things. And he was texting me back and forth. He said, hey, didn't you guys have like some people group or something that you guys were, were adopting out of the Ivory Coast? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we did. He said, well, I'm in the Ivory Coast and I'm meeting with pastors, we should probably think about asking them about what, what opportunities we'd have. So God opened up the door through Pastor Larry for us to now have relationship with churches that are already in this country. And we are going to begin a Bible college there with Pastor Larry to equip pastors and leaders to take the gospel out into the Ivory Coast. Yeah, you should clap. You should clap. So here's what I want to remind you, that God is going to get the message of the gospel out. What he's looking for is some people that will just say yes. Yes, God, whatever that looks. So as a church, we're going to begin to pray into this even more. I'm asking you to add it to your, so that hopefully someday, and I don't know when this is going to be, but I'm believing for soon, that we can continue to send pastors and missionaries out into the Seneca people so that, so that that statistic that's up there changes. There's no longer that the Seneca people can have less than 1% of their people who have ever even heard the name of Jesus. Something's got to change their church. And here's the reality. The places where these people are, again, we probably can never go into. That's just the reality of the, those spaces of the world. But, but that doesn't stop the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm praying, I, don't, I don't have the ability to learn the, their language in time to get them the gospel. But here's the thing. There's already people that know their language, that live there, that talk like them, that live with them, that walk with them, that can carry the message of gospel to the Soniki people. So we're going to be a part of getting the gospel to an unreached people group. Church, that should excite you a little bit. Because we're going to be a part of fulfilling the great commission that Jesus sent the church on, right? Um, and getting, and I, I can't wait to, to, to give reports of what God's going to do in another space. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to begin to partner with some things that are going on in the Ivory Coast and Mali and those places to get the gospel to the Sonike people so that when we get to heaven 
and we get to stand in line for whatever's going on up there, I hope I get to stand next to some Sonique people that are there because of the gospel getting to them, because of this church in Boise, Idaho, that is so far removed from the Ivory Coast. But yet we gave and we prayed and we prepared the way for the gospel to be able to get to these people. Amen? Some pretty cool stuff. We also have some things that are coming up um, that many of you know about that annually we send out short-term missions trips because we believe that everybody is called to go. Whether it's to your neighbor or whatever, we, we as a church are always doing um, missions trips throughout the year, sending teams out. And this upcoming year we have two. Um, and just so you know, we have these planned out for the next three years. We have two. One that's going to the Philippines, God willing, this year. Um, we need the Philippines to open up. They've been shut down for way too long. Uh, but in April 11th through the 23rd, we'll be sending a team to the Philippines to go and strengthen and encourage the church there to work with the Bible College um, and then to come alongside Apuri and her team um, that, are, that are sending people out into these villages. We're going to go there and support them, love on them, pray for them, um, help empower them into the next spaces that God's called them to. And so we've got a team that's going to the Philippines in April, God willing. And then the next one after that, we will be sending a team back down to Mexico um, in July the 10th through the 16th. This last year, we sent 36 people down to Mexico. It was incredible what God does through those things. And so there's components of the, the day-to-day life side of things. And by the way, all of these are open now out online. If you want to go register for them or you'd like some more information, we'll have an informational meeting coming up here to give you the lowdown on each one of these trips and what they look like. Um, but for those of you that have already been a part of them, you know God's called you into them. You can go out and register right now. Um, it's open in church center out there for you. Uh, but we as a church believe in the sending component uh, of the local church. Not only that we just... Uh, are, 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 you know, like supporting things financially and cheering for people that are out there, but we believe that we're called to go as well. So we want to invite you and empower you to be a part of those. Um, we have had some just incredible opportunities to see God move through this local church um, as we go out into the nations of the earth and carry the gospel, um, the good news, hope, life, love, all of those things into the spaces that we get to go as a church. So we've got some fun things that are coming down the road for us to be able to be a part of that. As we finish our time here this morning, here's what I want to do. Um, As a church, as I mentioned, we believe in the sending component of what God wants to do in and through River Valley and through this local church. And we've believed in that for for decades now and have been sending people. Um, And the reality of it is, is, is some of the things that get me the very most excited is when our young people hear the call from God to go and serve and love uh, and to love well. And that doesn't mean that they have to go to a foreign country. We have students that are missionaries on college campuses. We have students that are missionaries in workplaces. But today we're going to get ready to send out one of our own who's getting ready to go on a nine-month kind of um, journey um, to to all over the, the, the globe um, to get to carry the message of the gospel to be discipled and grow. Cassie, there's Cassie. Cassie, why don't you come join me? She's getting ready to go out for nine months. She's actually leaving Friday, 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 headed to Atlanta for her kind of onboarding to this journey. And then you'll be going to Africa, Thailand, where? Costa Rica. How many of you guys want to go to (laughs) 
Sound like good places to me, right? Um, she's going to be traveling to these places over the next nine months, um, and they'll be doing discipleship process both for themselves in the journey of what God has for Cassie's life, but also outreach opportunities to go and make a difference in the lives of the people in the communities that they're in. As a church family, we're going to send her and commission her out to go fulfill. The cool thing about this is, um, this is why the, the gifts of the Spirit are so important. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, those types of things. God actually spoke prophetically over your life when you were a little girl. And as a teenager, this reality that he'd called you to the nations, right? And so here, here's the cool thing about it. God speaks prophetically. How many of you know that we have a responsibility to respond to what he's speaking? Now, Cassie could have just said, now I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go to college at Boise State, and I'm just going to enjoy life here. But she, she knew inside of her heart God had put a calling on her life to the nations. And so now her yes is to go and to respond to what, I don't know about you, but, but as a pastor, a leader, and I'm actually her uncle, um, I am so thankful for the yes that's inside of this young lady. Because she's going to respond to what God's called her to do and give her an opportunity to grow and expand all that God's put into her. But I can't wait to hear the stories of the people that are impacted because of what God's put inside of her. And so as a church family, what we're going to do today is we're going to gather around her, we're going to lay hands on her, we're going to commission her out. I mean, you know, this is exactly what Jesus did. He had the disciples, he gathered them together. He taught them what they were supposed to do. He modeled to them what they were supposed to do. Cassie's been on, how many mission trips have you been on now? Probably three, three. She's been a part of local outreach. She's been a part of helping organize outreach. She's been a part of this community of faith. And now it's her turn to go out and to do it, right? And to do it in a totally different space of her life. And so as a church family, this is exactly what Jesus modeled. Here, we're going to show you how to do this. We've showed her over the years. And now Cassie helped actually lead part of our, our mission trip this summer and helping do VBS stuff for kids. And, and, and now as a church family, we get to say, kick her in the buns and go do it. Go, go live in faith and explore this. And church, we get to be a part of that with her as she goes. And, and, and her yes to God is creating greater reach and opportunity, both for the kingdom of God, but also for River Valley Church. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me, if you would. I'm going to ask our pastoral team, her parents, grandmas and grandpas, and just friends, anybody that wants to come and pray over Cassie. Cassie, why don't you step right here in the middle. For those of you that are joining us online, we're asking you to, to jump right in this with us as well, as we're going to pray for her. And church, we're going to believe for God to do an extraordinary work through this young woman's life. Amen? Amen. And we're going to, together with our faith and the call of God upon her life, we're going to lay hands on her and we're going to commission her out into this season. How many of you know it's not going to be easy? There's going to be challenging moments. There's going to be things that she has to face. There's going to be real, real moments of question for her. And these moments right here of knowing that church family has got her. We're praying for her. We're commissioning her out. We're not just sending her out to the wolves. We're asking her to go out and be a lion, right? To go out and take the good news with her. And so we're going to believe by faith just as we lay hands on her right now that God's going to set her course perfectly for her. And we're going to see God do some extraordinary things. So, so for those of you out there, I'm going to ask you to extend your hands forward. And we're just going to pray a prayer, a blessing and commission over her life. Father, we thank you for this incredible young lady, God. Lord, who heard your prophetic word over her life at a very young age, and it planted a seed of faith in her to say, yes, God, I will go to the nations. And Lord, she stands here today, God, on the precipice, God, on the brink of that adventure, going to a whole new level. 
And so, Lord, we first of all thank you for your calling upon her life, God. Lord, we acknowledge and recognize, Lord, that you have called her to the nations of the earth, God. And so, Lord, as we lay hands on her, we now commission her out to go live in the full expression, God, of what that looks like through her life, God. And Lord, because she's been willing to say yes to you, God, we know that your hand of blessing and protection is upon her, God. And so, Lord, we pray even as, as Paul, God, went out and, God, he took ship rides and went to crazy places, God. Lord, we pray that your hand of protection would guide and direct every step that Cassie steps in, God. Lord, we pray that you would guard every vehicle that she's in, God, every path that she walks along, every airplane that she rides in, God. Lord, every form of transportation, everywhere you carry her, God, Lord, we pray that you would protect her, God, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for a bold message of the gospel to come from this vessel, God. Lord, that you would, Lord, through her mouth and through her example, proclaim the goodness of the kingdom of God, God, through her. And Lord, I pray for wisdom for her leaders. Lord, as they walk in discipleship with her, God. Lord, I pray for her friends, Lord, that she's going to make, God, on this trip. Lord, that there would just be something so supernatural and divine, God, Lord, about this time and season of her life. God, I pray that this nine months would mark her for eternity, God. Lord, that you would set her apart in this time, God, for something so beautiful and amazing, God, that only you could orchestrate, Lord. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, as she leaves this physical location, God, Lord, that she would go with absolute faith and confidence, Lord, Lord, that you've got everything laid out in front of her, Lord. And Lord, what you're calling her, God, to is that place of abiding in you, Lord, just knowing that you're near her, God. And so, Lord, we just as a church family, Lord, we just pray blessing upon her, God. Lord, in every way, in her coming and going, God, financially, Lord, as she continues to pull in the resource, God, to go and do this, Lord, Lord, we pray that you would supply supernaturally for her, God, and Lord, that she would return, God, with stories of amazing adventures, God, of your gospel, God, being spread, of lives being changed, of the sick being healed, God, Lord, just of extraordinary things, God, Lord, because of the yes that's inside of her and her team, God to follow and respond to you, God. Lord, we thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Hey, Cassie, I just felt like this week as I was praying for you, I mean, even as we were sitting here this morning, I was just reminded um, that every time God prepared to do something extraordinary, it doesn't matter if it's Joshua, Moses, you look into the New Testament, even how Jesus commissioned out the disciples. He always gave them these funny words, right? He, he always told them, he, he would speak to them and say, hey, be strong and courageous, fear not. And I just felt like the word of the Lord for you, as you prepare to go do this, there's just going to be this weird, just, I've got nothing to fear come out of you. There's going to be something that rises up inside of you that just allows you to live out of a place of just being present and joy-filled in everything that's in front of you. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard things. It doesn't mean that there's not even going to be scary things. Jesus never promised us that it wasn't going to be difficult. He just said, I'm with you. And so as you look at this time and ahead of you, I just feel like the word of the Lord over you is just fear not. Go, go at this thing like just with boldness and courage in your heart. Like lay a hold of everything that God has for you. And there's going to be some moments 
where you have the decision to take the safe route or to take the unknown route. And I just, I feel like God wants to set into your heart right now, you're going to be the one that says, no, we're going to go this route. We're going to go the unknown. We're going to let God come in and do something that only he, we know what happens down this one. We can predict this one. But we're going to go live and see God do something and we're going to fear not. And I feel like those words are going to come out of your mouth to your team. As you're traveling with them, there's going to be some people on your team that are just wrestling in the faith space of your, their life. And you're going to get to look at them and say, Jesus said, fear not. We're going to fear not. Let's go do this. Okay. And so let that joy just permeate. I, I believe it's one of the gifts that you're going to bring to this team. Every team that we're a part of, we bring something to. I think one of the gifts that you're going to bring to them is just this bold, courageous, fearless, we're going to go after this. And it's funny because that's not really your nature all the time, right? Your nature is a little bit more the conservative, like, hey, let's take this, looks a little more comfortable. But I feel like the Spirit of God is wooing you in. And Pastor Chris actually prophesied over you this morning. I think it was Chris that prophesied over you this morning. Just this reality, right, of that, that, that dough, right, that little piece that starts something new. I think that's what's about ready to happen in your life. As you get to step into this space, there's going to be something new that comes out of you. And I think it's just going to be this bold, kind of fearless space in your life to go do exactly what God called you to do. And I just want you to know, as a church family and as a family family, we are so excited to see what God's going to do through you. Yes. So proud yes. of your yes, yes. right? Because a lot of people say no. Many people have heard the call and chosen no. You heard the call and said yes. And so as a church family, we just want you to know how much we love you. We're going to be praying for you. Um, you got you got to like keep us updated on what's going on. I know there's a webpage and stuff out there that we can do that through. Um, but keep us updated because there's going to be incredible things that God does in and through your life. And then we will get to see you in nine months, right? <laughs> so, right on. Church, can we give her a hand? Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.